LSU by a million, baby. A li- by a literal million. Maybe by a million. By a literal million. Purdue, Purdue, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Cole, isn't LSU the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be? <sighs> Brother, let me tell you something. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Alabama. <laughs> Who we beat this season. By a point. LSU finished the first season under Brian Kelly 10-4 and four, and a dominating Citrus Bowl victory, 63-7, to seven, which we'll cover later on. We'll cover it a little bit later on. Um, but in the meantime, we have a few games to wrap up, and we have the last game of the season. The last game. To preview. Come it's to a sad. Close. It is. It's going to be a good game, though. It's going to be a great game, and I'm excited for it. And we can finally prove, set up. Cole, this game. <laughs> oh I didn't even think about it. <laughs> will decide the argument we have been having all season long. SEC. Big 12. I am Owens Pelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And this is not an SEC-biased Panther pod. Go Tigers. All right, getting into our first New Year's Six Bowl game, we didn't get a chance to to uh, react live to it. But uh, orange, the orangest Orange Bowl happened on Friday, Cole, back in 2022. Oh, wait. Oh, that's right. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year from us at the Panther Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. It was very orange on the field. It was very orange on the field. Tennessee, the Volunteers, beat the Clemson Tigers 31-14. Not the first time the Clemson Tigers have uh, experienced an Orange Bowl beatdown because let me tell you who did that to him first. <laughs> your boy, West Virginia Mountaineers. Let Gina. me tell you who did it to him second. <laughs> your boy, boy, LSU Tigers. It's like they have a running theme with this. You yeah, know, Clemson, Orange Bowl, nah. Dabo, Orange Bowl, nah. Ain't it, ain't it, Chief. Um, Cade Klubnik who? Cade. I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah. no. Um, I know he is supposed to be the future of Clemson Tigers football, but... Brother, he did not look like it on the field at not all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, tell you who Tennessee has a lot of faith in right now, though. Hendon Hooker who? Hendon Hooker played, right? Nah, nah, nah. nah, nah. nah. We're, we're, not, we're not doing that. Oh, come on. No, Hendon Hooker is clearly the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Volunteers football team. Yeah, Hendon Hooker's also going to the NFL. Did he already declare? He already declared. Well, that's Tennessee, what I said. Yeah. Hendon oh, yeah. Hooker who? Hendon Hooker who? You know who also might be going to the NFL or might have ran out of eligibility? Joe Milton the third. He's a senior. Oh. Uh, any either way, Joe Milton the third balled out. Nineteen <laughs> yeah, for twenty eight, two hundred and fifty one yards passing, three touchdowns. Jabari Small rushing the ball for the balls. Uh, thirteen carries, thirty eight yards rushing the ball for, for the, the balls. balls. Kate Klubnik, not a bad performance, but 30 for 54, 320 yards passing, no touchdowns, two interceptions. 
However, he did score Clemson's only rushing touchdown. 20 carries, 51 yards, one touchdown. Yep. Will Shipley, basically non-existent. 17 carries for 72 yards. Their longest run was 25 yards this game, if I'm not mistaken. Wild. Yeah, for a, Cle- for a Clemson offense that we've seen over the past four or five years just rolling. You got Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, you know, all these guys. Uh, it just – it was absolutely – and I picked Clemson to win this game because mm-hmm. I thought Tennessee was just I, – I thought after Hendon Hooker left and Jay Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt had declared for the draft, I just didn't think – I did not think that Tennessee would have enough manpower – and after what we saw with Clemson against North Carolina. so But I would also say that says a lot about the the ACC. Yep, when they come up against real competition in the SEC, um, we see what happens. I, w- I mean, we saw what happened with, like, two ACC teams going up against one Big 12 team. They really went one for one in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Pitt really struggled against mm-hmm. West Virginia and got the dub, unfortunately, and then, you know. Them, them chokies out there in Blacksburg just absolutely, you know, choked. Uh. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I mean it was a great it was a great win uh, for the Vols. Thirty-one uh, fourteen. Clemson did score uh, last second touchdown. The game was already out of hand by that point. Um, looking at team stats here, total yards, Clemson actually beat out Tennessee 484 to 375. Rookie numbers, got to bump those up. Clemson did have those two interceptions, as mentioned, uh, two turnovers versus Tennessee zero. Time of possession, Clemson dominated 36, uh, 36 minutes to Tennessee's 23, and Clemson had the most first downs. So what really did them in, those two turnovers and their lack of a rushing attack in this game. Um, 64,000 in attendance at the Orange Bowl. Um, looking at penalties, Tennessee had nine penalties for 110 yards. Clemson had four for 45. Uh, Owen, on paper, this should not be as bad of a beat as it was. You concur? I, 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 I would say, yeah. I mean... The only and Clemson won uh won the rush battle, too, 164 to 120. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, on paper should not be as bad of a beat, but you have Joe Milton bombing it down the sideline uh, at least twice. But also, this t- game. look at Tennessee. Tennessee had nine penalties for 105 yards. Clemson only had four for 45. Clemson also had the ball for 36 minutes. Tennessee had it for 23 minutes. I mean it. Clemson also ran 101 plays and still got blown out. Yeah. But you know what this shows, though? Tennessee capitalized on every possession they had. Yep. Every possession they had came away with some sort of points or at least was in was in scoring distance, you know, striking distance. Um, but for that, in the orangest orange bowl we have ever witnessed here, your Tennessee Volunteers are your 2022 Orange Bowl champs. Wild. Cole, it was a great week for Louisiana, wasn't Oh, it? man, I loved it. Was it not a great I week for Louisiana? loved it. You know what I love more? Not more than LSU winning, LSU blowing out Purdue. Um, Tulane 
the mighty green wave fell over them Trojans. 46 to 45. The American Athletic Conference champs took down, fight on the USC Trojans, the Pac 12 runner ups. And let me tell you something, Cole. Michael Pratt for Tulane, 8 for 17, 234 yards, two touchdowns. He threw the ball 17 times, only completed eight of those. So that means during those eight passes, he completed for he passed for 234 yards. 234 yards in eight passes. Insane. Wild. With two tutties to go along with it. You want to know the MVP for Tulane? Oh, yeah. And what he's been doing all season long? Oh, yeah. He did on this field. Tajay Spears. You want to talk about crazy? Wild. 17 carries. 205 yards. Four touchdowns. I could hear Michael Cole in the background. Spear! Spear! <laughs> By God! By God! Um, no, and it's not like USC didn't put up a fight. Caleb Williams had himself a game. Heisman game right there, bud. 37 for 52, 462 yards passing, five touchdowns, one interception. Relique Brown, six carries, 61 yards, touchdown. They came to play in the Cotton Bowl. However, you know who didn't come to play? Their defense. Yeah. Didn't have a single turnover in this game. They only had, by my recollection, I'm, I'm looking here, four sacks the entire game. Four sacks. Uh... Kick returns were not great. Um, had a terrible, terrible missed call against Tulane and a face mask call that they did not call. But they had a blindside block that they did call against USC that set them back well beyond, well behind the 10-yard line, probably in the five. Um, however, that didn't matter. USC did come back and score. But, I mean – for for USC, I mean, th- this is uh, this is a problem time and again, and I've said this on our pregame show, is the fact that Lincoln Riley teams have no defense. They can put up points after points after points, touchdown after touchdown touch after touchdown. Great quarterbacks, great wide receivers. They can do everything offense, but when it comes to defense, they might as well not be on the field. Yeah. They can't get anything. I mean, done. we've seen that all season long. All too. season long. That's what hurt them in the Pac-12 championship game. That's what hurt them against Utah. You, you scored forty-five points and still lost the game. Yeah, because your opponent scored more than you did. Exactly because you can't stop them. Owen, who wins championships? Defense. Defense wins championships. There you go. Well, I will say, though. Yeah, no, getting scored on 45 points, that's that's not a good example of defense, especially when you lose the total yardage battle as well. Well, I will say, though, we say defense doesn't win championships. How many times did Lincoln Riley win the Big 12 championship? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top uh, of oh, oh, okay. Well, Oklahoma I'm won it. I'm not Oklahoma the won it. You are. Yeah, Oklahoma won it six times in a row. Lincoln Riley, I think, was five of those. Wow. Yeah. 
That's so, terrible. But he never won a playoff game. He oh, never, I could tell you that. Yeah, he never won a playoff game. Uh, bo- boomer, boomer Sooner? Boomer Scooter. <laughs> um, looking at team stats here, Tulane had 539 total yards. USC, 594. A Rookie A lot numbers. of that was on the arm of Caleb Williams. Rookie numbers. Bump those up. Come on, USC. <laughs> Both teams had a turnover. Yes. USC had the ball for a shade under 40 minutes. Tulane, 20 minutes, 11 seconds. First downs, USC dominated 29, Tulane 16. Um, again, rushing yards here. Tulane had 305. USC, 132. You know what's surprising about that? Looking at Tulane's time of possession and the rushing yards combined, you would think that it would be a dead split. No, but they were averaging a first down every play. Every play. So, um, which is odd because they only got 16 of them <laughs> during, uh, during, their off, you know, during the, the entire game. But we have said all year long, all season long, Establish the run game. You have a great shot. You know, defense wins championships. Establishing the run game. Football does not have to be complicated for you to be great. And I think that's a lot of what Lincoln Riley brings to the table. Looking at Oklahoma, looking at USC, he overcomplicates football. Yes. And for every, for anyone who's saying USC should have gotten into the playoffs, this is the game that proves they shouldn't have. No. Because what's going to happen when USC goes up against Michigan? What's going to happen when USC goes up against Georgia? Exactly. Exactly. Because they're going to go up against really good defenses. And they're going to go up against – and their defense is going to go up against an offense that – now, Georgia's offense, I would argue, is not extremely potent, but they can They get the job done. But they get the job done, they score points, and they play enough to win, and they play enough to win comfortably. If you play play enough to win comfortably against a terrible team – it's going to be over by halftime yeah. against a terrible defense, I'm sorry. Which, to be fair, in USC's case, I thought this one was over at halftime. They had a 28-14 lead, and they blew it. And they blew it. The second time that's happened this season, they blew their lead against Utah the first time, and they blew their lead against Utah in the Pac-12 championship. The third time that this has happened this season. Uh, absolutely wild. Um, I, I know I picked Tulane. Just because, you know. Um, but at the same time, Tulane are your Cotton Bowl champs, baby. Exactly. And, and I, like I said, I said this is pregame. You, you, you have to have a defense. USC's issue, their Achilles heel is their defense. And even a relatively good offense is going to score on that defense and not have a big issue. Exhibit A, Tulane. They had a good defense. Now they got stomped by USCF later on in the season. Beat them in the conference championship game. Excuse me. But here you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, and when you have a weapon like Tajay Spears, I mean. Yeah, come on. It, just watching him was like a work of art mm-hmm. on that field. It was incredible. But, like you said, Tulane is your 2022 Cotton Bowl Classic champs. What was that I roll for? But you know why. Oh, oh. We we fumbled the bag on this one bad, and I should. Oh no! Re- oh no! I I'm not saying that I fumbled the bag on this one because I fully meant to pick K 
K-State should in we, this game. Uh, should we sugarcoat this? <laughs> Do I have to talk about them? We have to talk about it because we fumbled the bag really bad, okay? I should have went with my gut and picked picked Alabama in this. Team. I was not going to pick Alabama in any circumstance whatsoever. Look, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to I didn't want to pick Alabama, so I, that's kind of the reason I picked K-State, but I talked myself out of picking Alabama. However, I should have just went with my gut on this one. Uh Alabama absolutely demolishes your Big 12 champs in K and the Kansas State Wildcats 45 to 20 in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Uh Bryce Young had himself a day, young man. 15 for 21, 321 yards. Five touchdowns. Will Howard, K State. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, mm-hmm. nope. Mm-hmm. Eighteen for thirty-five, two hundred and ten <clears throat> yards passing. Not too bad. No touchdowns. Okay, can be service. You have Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Two interceptions. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. yeah, brutal. Um, and I, I will say this too for for Kansas State or for Alabama. I talked about this on our preview show as well. Is one of my keys to the game for Alabama was lock up Deuce Vaughn. Make sure he does not get a hold of you. And early on in the game, he did. K-State jumped out to a quick 10-0 lead against Bama. Bama proceeded to go on a 35-0 and run against the Wildcats. Scary. Absolutely terrifying. And Alabama was not playing great at all. No. Jalen, or uh, not Jalen Daniels, I'm sorry, Bryce Young. Watch your mouth, young man. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Bryce Young was not playing great. It, it, I mean, Jameer Gibbs was not playing great. Jace McClellan was not playing great. A lot as, a lot of the aspects for Bama were not playing great in that first half, or first quarter even. But by the second quarter, I mean, they had things clicking. Uh, like I said, went on a 35-0 and run before K-State scored their next few points, and that was a that was a field goal late in the – that was field goal late in the third quarter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, 15 carries, 76 yards. Not great for an Alabama running back, but, hey, no points out of that. Jace McClellan was the only one to get points for Alabama. Hey, it's, he had seven carries for 42 yards and the lone, touch, lone rushing touchdown. Um, Bryce Young really put his – put the he game put on the his – put the team on his back. Put the team on his back. Um and like I said, do and for Kansas State, if they could keep Deuce Vaughn rolling, they were going to be able to win this game. And early on, they were they were going to do that. Got late ten and, or early ten and zero lead against Alabama. Just didn't hold on for long. Alabama figured Deuce Vaughn out uh, later on. Even though Deuce Vaughn finished the game with twenty two carries, one hundred and thirty three yards, and a lone touchdown. However. Not enough to get it done for the Tide. Uh, Jordan Shippers, who I believe is – For the Wildcats. For the Wildcats, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I say not get it? Done for the Tide. Gotcha. (laughs) No, sadly, the the Tide won this game. Hey, Jay, what is that saying you always say from TikTok? About Alabama? About Alabama. He – No, what? (laughs) What is that? Rota. Um, oh, yeah, shut up, Jim. I'm not saying that. Oh my gosh! I wonder if people will be able to hear that in the mic. I I, I think it'd also be a fun thing is if people should guess whether Jay is a real person or not. Since he's not, since he's not, he's not willing to get on the mic. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe one day. He'll is Jay Chitwood real? Is Jay Chitwood? It's <laughs> just a. St- <laughs> it's the uh, what are those yeah, things called over yeah. there? Um, 
No, not Funko. Oh, the Squishies. Squishmallows. Yeah. yeah, he's just a Squishmallow that we have sitting here on the on the uh, on the table. <laughs> Jordan Shippers, who's a fullback for the Wildcats, he had one carry for a yard and a touchdown. So goal line, so goal line stats right there for Jordan Shippers. Um, Will Howard though had a rough day, even rushing the ball. Three carries for negative twenty three yards. Mm. Poor fella. 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 Um, looking at team stats here for a little bit. Alabama dominated uh, total yardage four ninety six to four hundred one for K State. They won the turnover battle. Uh, KSU had those uh, two turnovers. Um, time of possession. Alabama only had twenty five minutes. K-State, 35. Alabama didn't need to win the time of possession battle. They dominated every single other facet of this game. Uh, penalties, Alabama had 5 for 45. KSU had 6 for 40. Uh, strangely enough, Alabama actually lost the rushing game here, 175 to 191. However, they made up for it with five touchdown passes from Bryce Young, winning the passing battle 321 to 210. Yep. Points win games, not yardage stats. Yeah. You can look at stats and say, oh, this is going to go this way, this is going to go this way. Ultimately, the only stat that really matters in football is to get to the end zone as fast as you can. Yep, yep. We play the games. We don't just pick them. Yep. I mean, we we pick them, but. Yeah, we. It's kind of what we're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I refuse to acknowledge the other team in this as the Sugar Bowl champs. So I'll let you say that part. Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide is your 2022, on New Year's Eve, is your 2022 All-State Sugar Bowl champs. Go Tigers. Roll Tide. Um, now to a game that I will gladly talk about. The Rose Bowl. This makes me scared, Cole. This you is, should be scared. I am terrified, okay? Um, Pac-12 Who? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing for the Rose Bowl. I love the pageantry of the Rose Bowl, first and foremost. I love the build-up to the game. The Utah Utes were not playing a bad game at halftime. It was all tied up, 14-14. The third quarter becomes 21-14. Cam Rising gets hurt. That is Utah's downfall right there. The Nittany Lions would go on to score two more touchdowns, making it 35-14. Utah scores a late touchdown at the end of that game, making it 35-21. To be very <laughs> fair to the Penn State Lions, Cam Rising, when he got hurt, was 8 for 21 and 95 yards. Was not playing a great game. A touchdown game. and an interception. Yeah, he was not playing a great game. It, it was rough for that offense. I mean, they were getting the, – the, Manny Diaz's defense was getting to him. Yeah, was getting to, uh, was getting to, Cam Rising in that offense. It was not a pretty sight to behold. Um, however, for Penn State, a beautiful game to behold. For offensively, only five incompletions for Sean Clifford in his final game as a Nittany Lion. Six. Five games, good sir. No, six incompletions. 16, 21 minus 16. 16 for 22. Sir, mine says 16 for 21. Mine is 16 for 22, 279, and two touchdowns. Okay, well, Google has missed 
on this because it's 16 for 21, 279, and two touchdowns. Who is the correct one? We've had there's, an issue with this all season long. There's a phantom pass in there somewhere. Yes, there's a phantom pass in there somewhere. Maybe you're – well, are you count? is it counting Drew Allers? No, it's it has Sean Clifford – 16 for 22, 279, and two touchdowns. Interesting. Either way, Sean Clifford had five or six incompletions all game. Yes. Amazing. Great. Great. Yes, absolutely. He'll be going uh and he'll be uh going into the draft. He has to, you know, has no more eligibility left. He's going into the draft uh for the NFL. So way to go out, Sean Clifford. Glad to see you go as a West Virginia fan. Um <laughs> Very scared for yeah for that opening game of the 2023 season in State College. Anyways, Nick Singleton, who, by the way, is a freshman, seven carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. Randy Moss? Randy Moss was a wide receiver, my guy. I'm just saying, like, that's a, oh. that's a Moss stat I get, Yeah, I guess Like, so, three guess. catches, uh, 300 yards, and... Three touchdowns. Yeah, fair, yeah. fair, fair. Uh, and then Catron Allen had 11 carries for 37 yards and also a touchdown as well. Uh, so, I mean. Looking at Utah, as we said, Bryson Barnes uh, came in for the injured Cam Rising. Didn't do too bad. Uh, 10 for 19, 112 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Cam Rising, 8 for 21, 95 yards passing, a touchdown and interception. And then running the ball, Jaquindon Jackson had 13 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the team as a whole uh, had about five sacks, five or six sacks. Uh, a lot of those kind of came late after Cam Rising was hurt as well um, for Penn State. As But, like I said, a lot of those, too, were on Cam Rising. I would say it's about an equal-equal split there. If it's yeah. three sacks for Cam Rising, three sacks for back, for uh, – for uh, Bryson Barnes as well. What a name, by the way. Bryson Barnes. Bryson that sounds Barnes. like a superhero name. Who, by the way, didn't do too bad once he came in for the Utes. 10 of 19, 112 yards, touchdown, interception. Mm-hmm. Now, you could do without the interception, but still, got, got a touchdown in there, you know. Well, I mean, you got to look at how much time he had left as well. He was only in there for the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, looking at team stats here a little bit. Total yardage, Penn State had him beat 448 to 391. Uh, turnovers, Utah had those two interceptions by both quarterbacks. Uh, time possession, Utah actually won 35 minutes to Penn State's 24, and Utah won the first down battle as well, 23 to 16. Going into uh, penalties, uh, Penn State had three for 33, Utah had four for 25. Um, Again, this is one of those games that you would have loved to seen Cam Rising on his best because I think it would have been a lot. Not necessarily because I didn't want Penn State to win. or Now, Grant, I picked Utah, so I took the loss here. Uh, I picked Penn State. So. Well, you would have wanted to see Cam Rising on his A game because I think it would have been a better Rose Bowl. Um, that being said, I don't think it was disappointing at all. Um, Penn State was just constant. They put up at least seven in each quarter. There's no way you're not going to win the game like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Penn State, just solid performance overall. And honestly, I believe if Cam Rising had stayed in, they would it would have been a, a much closer fight, yeah. a much closer score at the end of this game. Um, but it was a great Rose Bowl. I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, 
I I enjoy I enjoyed watching the game. Also, also, did you see Sean Clifford whip out the wing T formation there to score a touchdown? Look at there, old school cool over here for Sean Clifford and the Nittany Lions. James Franklin pulling out all the stops for the Nittany Lions. Man, if pulling out the stops is pulling out the wing T, it worked. Lord they scored. They scored off of it, which makes me very, very nervous considering West Virginia takes on the Penn State Nittany Lions uh, in State College for opening game of the 2023 season. They haven't announced that it's a whiteout yet. No, they have not. But if you think about it, if I, I know for sure that Ohio State is an away game because it was a home game this year, and I'm pretty sure the Michigan game is also going to be in Ann Arbor uh, for Penn State next I year. I'm not for sure. Pulling that up now. But, um, but yeah, it's quite nerve-wracking as a West Virginia fan. Um, used to pay, play Penn State a little bit uh, more back in the day. Some consider it a rivalry, some don't. It's very one-sided Penn State in that way of, like, Penn State. It's it's currently 35-8, to eight, I think, in favor of Penn State. So, uh, But for a West Virginia fan, I'm, I'm very nervous for this game. Uh, no, Michigan is at home November 11th. Okay, so maybe that's the whiteout game. <laughs> please. <laughs> please. Please. Um, either way, uh, Heck of a Rose Bowl for the Lions. Um, very entertaining. Like I said, I wish Cam Rising would have been on his A game so that way we could have seen a little bit more of a shootout, but that's neither here nor there. At any rate, Penn State are your Rose Bowl champions. All right, Owen. All those games were fun. But when those games were over, those games were over. They weren't really competing for anything besides winning that game. Nope. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes. Semifinals, man. The appetizers are over. Now it's for the main course. The number four Ohio State Buckeyes came this close to beating the number one Georgia Bulldogs. How close, Cole? This close. Oh, don't like that. Um, Georgia pulls out. <laughs> well, honestly, they weren't really that close. They were more like that close. <laughs> <laughs> they were what? Wide left? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brutal. As the ball was dropping, oh. the ball sailed to the left. You hate to see it. You really don't. No. Nope. Um, Georgia wins 42-41 off of a missed game-winning field goal for the Buckeyes. Honestly, Cole, I thought that the Fiesta Bowl could not get any better than what it did. Boy, did Ohio State and Georgia prove me wrong. I mean, this is this is instant classic right here. Both yep. both of these semifinal games were instant classic classics and almost a double upset as well. Yeah. Georgia, Stetson Bennett did not play a great game. No. Did not play to the best of their ability. Now, to be fair, not a great game for Stetson Bennett is still him going 23 for 34, 398 yards passing, three touchdowns and one interception. I would love for my I would love to say that about a West Virginia quarterback. If Jalen Daniels put that up every single game, mm-hmm. we'd be fine. You mean Jaden Daniels? No, Jalen for the Tigers. 
Jalen, da- hold on, we're going to end this debate right here, right now. Sir, it is Jaden Daniels. It is Jalen Daniels is for the Jayhawks. Oh, my God. I never want to hear you fuss at me for mispronouncing Jalen Daniels as Jaden Daniels. Okay? Oh, my God. That's the first time I've done it all season. Exactly. So, never again. Uh, (laughs) Well, we don't have to worry about it next year. Exactly. (laughs) I know he's coming back next year. Jaden is, but JT's gone. JT, no, he's at Rice. Yeah, that's where I'm saying like uh, we don't yeah, have to worry about yeah, it for yeah, West yeah, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, right. We'll have to worry about it, you know, with Kansas. But yeah. Anyways, uh, CJ Stroud had a heck of a game: twenty-three for thirty-four, three hundred forty-eight yards, four touchdowns. By far his best game that he has played to date as a Buckeye. Uh, only rushing touchdown for the Buckeyes: Mayan Williams, three carries, eight yards, one touchdown. Um, as we touched on earlier, Stetson Bennett, 23 for 34, 398, three touchdowns, one interception. And still had a – we still talk about how he had a bad game or he didn't play his best, still had a rushing touchdown. Yeah. With negative 18 yards rushing. <laughs> QB sneak, baby. QB sneak. Kendall Milton, uh, three carries, 26 yards and a touchdown for the Bulldogs as well. Um, honestly – I just couldn't believe it when Ohio State jumped out to an early lead. It was a 24-7 to lead. Georgia came marching back halfway through the second quarter. But I could not believe when it was a 28-7 to lead right there in the second quarter. Utter, like, absolutely shocked. Yeah. Absolutely shocked. Um, couldn't believe that, that like, the, the Buckeyes caught the Bulldogs sleeping. It was wild. Bad beat, Buckeyes. Um, <laughs> beat, Buckeyes. <laughs> but honestly, I mean – just bet, just an amazing game played by Ohio State. Really did. Really put it out on the line. Um, Ryan Day did an excellent job. I will say Kirby Smart has really come along as a head coach with that timeout right there on the fake punt. Just no hesitation. Just timeout. Mm-hmm. And it, that that right there I think saved the game for him. I oh, think yeah. that was the game-saving moment for the Bulldogs because if Ohio State pulls that off and gets the first down – they very well could get. They, it, it very well could be that they wouldn't have to rely on a field goal to win the game. Yeah, could be vice versa. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just the, literally laid it out on the line. Ryan Day and his coaching staff, C.J. Stroud and his slew of receivers, just an amazing performance. Instant classic to go play for a championship, and massive offensive yardage numbers as well. Georgia had a total of 533 yards offensively. Ohio State had 467 total yards of offense. Again, rookie numbers, guys. Come on, got to bump those up. (laughs) Um, Georgia had 398 passing yards. Ohio State had 348 passing yards. Rushing was not the point of attack here for either of these teams. 135 rushing uh, yards for the Bulldogs and 119 for Ohio State. Um, Just utter – Utter chaos, really, offensively. And we've talked about, you know, Ohio State didn't have a great defense last year. They hired Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State to be their new defensive coordinator. And I would say for most of the season, Ohio State's defense was much improved, better than what it was last year. And we saw that, I think, week one with Notre Dame. Um, Georgia always has a stout defense. Under Kirby Smart, that's all you can say about the Bulldogs. However – I mean, it just both of the both both of these offenses just had a hard. Both of these offenses just were slicing through the through the defenses left and right. I think both of these teams were meant for each other. 
um, in this particular game. I mean, they were very. It, it's not like they were purposely throwing the game, but they were doing what needed to be done to win the game at any given point. I will say, too, I think this is a good sign for TCU in seeing a high-powered offense being able to destroy yeah, Georgia. Yeah, and absolutely. That's, that was my entire point in picking Georgia last week was like, okay, you have this high-powered offense. What's going to happen when you come up against the brick wall? That is Georgia's defense. Exactly. And also, too, we saw it with Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Remember how high-powered Tennessee's offenses was with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt? And then they just stopped them. Gave up 14 points. That you could even make the exact same argument about LSU in the SEC championship Exactly. Game. Now, granted. Gave up 30 on that one. But at the same time, ugh. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. I know it was for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you play for championship this year? You know what? I don't want to talk about it. Did you it. play for a bowl? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Hey, um, you lost per- to a possible national. You lost to a national championship team or national game playing champ. Whatever. You lost to the defending national champs and then played a Purdue team who is undergoing massive transition right now. Uh, personal question for you, a little bit. Where were you watching this game at? Where was I watching this game at? Yeah. I swear, if you hit me with it, it doesn't matter where. I'm no, no, no. Go- I'm not going to. No. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm not going to. Where was I watching? Um. At my house for a little bit, and then I was at Sarah's house for a little bit. Oh, so you were you were on the couch, kind of like West Virginia was during bowl season. We're gonna fight after this. That's fine. I'll take. We're that. gonna fight. I'll take that. I'm using that belt that Jay's got too to beat you with it. Wow. <laughs> um, no, heck of a game. Uh, both teams. Not. It wasn't really either team's game to lose up until the last eight seconds. And then it was Ohio State's game to lose. And they lost it. (laughs) By about this much. Yeah, it was was a bad missed field goal. They missed it just a little bit left. Just a bit outside. You could say they had a little left in the tank. (laughs) Bad beat, Buckeyes. Georgia are your Peach Bowl champions. And going on to L.A. to go play for a national championship. You know they're not tailgating? They're not yeah, allowed no, I was getting ready to ask you about I was like, so by the way, L.A.'s not allowed. Like, how do you host a college football national championship game and not allow tailgating? I'm, I'm sorry. I, ha- I you know like who would allow Los tailgating? Angeles as a city. I think it's amazing. I'd love to go there one time as a tourist. Would I ever live there? No. No. You it's know, such an L.A. move to disallow tailgating at a college football game. Yep. You know who wouldn't allow tailgating? Hmm. New Orleans. Oh, or, yeah, no. They, who, who would allow tailgating? Yeah, as well. 100%. 100%. It'd be crazy. It'd be like a, it'd be like a Mardi Gras Jr. down there. Yeah, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. Hmm. Anyway. Maybe you should have more championship games in the South because, you know, people do actually care about football. Let's be real. Who's going to attend this game? It's in SoFi. They've struggled all season long to put butts in seats. TCU and Georgia fans. Yeah. Besides that, out of anybody who is there, who's going to attend this game? Like, SoFi is cool. I think it's an amazing stadium. But 
Anyway, moving on to the other team that will be competing for a CFP final. Yep. Yep. Oklahoma couldn't do it. Texas couldn't do it. But you know who did? TCU. Go on, Trippy Toad. <laughs> Hip no toad. Hip no toad. Hip no toad. I'm sorry. Hip no toad. Thank you. Anyways, 51 to 45. Insane. Insane. Wild. Wild of uh, just absolute wild game. Michigan had that one massive run up the up the middle by Donovan Edwards at the beginning of the game. And I was like, uh-oh, here they go. And guess what? Guess what? TCU made them turn over on downs. TCU's defense was utterly insane this game. Flying around the ball, just sacks, tackles for loss, interceptions, two pick sixes, by the way. Yeah. Two pick the sixes. first ever pick sixes, if I'm correct on this, from J.J. McCarthy. I think so. Yeah. And they both happened in the, the CSP semifinal. You know, I, w- I would say your pro- your probability of beating a team after you get a pick six, fairly low, unless you do it to them, correct? No. However, the probability of winning of winning a game after you get two pick sixes without answering back, I mean, slim to none. Slim to none to win that game. Max Duggan didn't play his best game. 15 for 29, 255 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. After that pick six, um, Michigan had a 68.6% chance of winning the game Mm -hmm. before that pick six. The first one jumped all the way up to a dead even 50. Mm. Now, what happened after that second pick six? I am going for that now. Uh, Michigan was driving. It jumped all the way down to uh, <laughs> it jumped all the way down to fifty two point two, and then it bumped back up to sixty eight point eight percent chance for the Horned Frogs. Mm, mm. Um, after that pick six, TCU's odds of probability did not decrease under fifty percent. Wow! Wow! Um, Imagine what hiring the right coach in his first year can do for a program. Uh, Gee, West Virginia, maybe you should take notes. Sonny Dykes to West Virginia. I wish. Yeah, no, TCU is not letting him go. Um, honestly, in the third quarter, both teams just slid their uh, defensive sliders all the way down to zero. Yeah. Other than that, this was a very defensive game. Oh, yeah. I would even say that, you know, I, I, TCU did do this. In order for them to win the game, I thought they needed to score quick and score fast and just just do it, you know. Don't care about time possession. Just score, 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 make the most of your opportunities. They and did they that did. in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> they did it the entire first half because Michigan only kicked two field goals and got six points for half, at the first half. It was 21-6 to six going into halftime. And – I, I like I said, I was like, you cannot beat you cannot beat Michigan at its own game, and I would venture to say TCU said checkmate, yeah, because they then went seventeen because Amari Dem, uh, Dermacato, who is not even 
the starting running back for the Horned Frogs because Kendra Miller got knocked out early with an injury. 17 carries, 150 yards, or 150 yards, and a touchdown. What 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 did what did Donovan Edwards do? You may ask. 23 carries, 119 yards, not a touchdown for Donovan Edwards. Um, looking into individual stats for both teams, Max Duggan. 14 for 29, 225 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Exactly. J.J. McCarthy, 20 for 34, 343, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Something I will say, Max Duggan, 15 carries, 57 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground for Duggan. He accounted for... 28 of the Horned Frogs 51 points um, Looking at the run game J.J. McCarthy 10 carries, 52 yards, touchdown Roman Wilson, 1 carry, 18 yards Touchdown Kalai, Mil- uh, Kalai Mullings, 5 carries 5 yards, touchdown Michigan did What Michigan has been doing all season long Playing good defense And establishing A very good Run game However, on this day, wasn't theirs. Mm-mm, absolutely not. Now, was that last, on those last 25 seconds, was that a targeting call against TCU? 100%. That yes. was 100% yes. a targeting call. But they I feel blew like it. they blew it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I would say that touchdown that they reversed for Michigan. I would venture to say that, yes, he was down on one yard line. The ball had not crossed the plane. Argue with me all you want. I know Andrew Moss will not be happy about this. Um, but argue with you with me all you want. But after seeing so many, like, replay Oh, he didn't visuals, cross. He never crossed. His no. butt was down. He had the ball. He slid into – I thought that was a good call by – 100%. By yeah. the refs. I know I'm in the minority in that. But I, I, I truly believe that was a good call. I believe that was the right call because he, he caught it and then he went into the end zone. Um, had this been NFL, that would win 100% a touchdown. Yeah. But because it's college ball, as soon as you touch the ground. Plays dead. Plays dead. Um, Michigan won the total yards battle. 528 total yards of offense. TCU only had the ball for 488, 488 yards. So you know what that means. Michigan got to bump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers, bud. Um <laughs> Passing yards, Michigan had 342 passing yards, 186 rushing yards. For the Horned Frogs, 225 passing yards and 263 rushing yards as well, establishing that ground game with, how do you say his last name again? Amari Demarcado. Uh, I want to say. Demarcado? Demarcado. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Um. <clears throat> And honestly, I just – it wasn't a clean game by either. Both teams had a fumble and two interceptions. Time of possession was kind of – it was just five minutes off. Michigan had it for 32 minutes, whereas TCU had it for 27 minutes. I mean, it, it fairly even game on both sides. I mean, both – just TCU had a potent offense, yeah. really, and they were shutting Michigan down. Now, of course, the third quarter gave up 24 points, but even after that, I mean – TCU was just letting them have it. Um, I think this was if if I had to pick between the two games to watch again, 
I would pick TCU Michigan over Ohio State Georgia. I probably I watched majority of the TCU Michigan game. Actually, in fact, I watched all of it. However, I would probably go back and watch the Georgia Ohio State game because I didn't get to watch as much of it as I would like, but I got to watch a good bit of it. So I'd probably go back and watch that one. But both of these games, phenomenal, fantastic, fantastic. Could not have asked for a better. For a better playoff scenario. Now we're going to have a crappy national championship. No, we're going to have a great national championship. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm as, as spoiled as we were in the semifinals with two amazing games, you already know it's going to be a crappy national championship. No, game. I think it's going to be good. I think it is going to be great, but the way that this year has been – any week that there have been like, oh my God, college football is amazing. We need to keep watching these. Um, the next week, crap. <laughs> well, but that all also depends on scheduling. Sometimes, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like like it's, this year has been crazy. I don't feel get like me this wrong. year has been has been crazy. Now it hasn't been exactly two thousand seven crazy. Yeah. Now it could be because you have TCU going to play for a national championship. Wild, absolutely, uh, just wild. But I would I would say like. I'm not going to set myself up for the expectation that TCU and Georgia is going to be a better game than either. Because here's the thing. One game is not better than two games. Yeah. it's good. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm going to enjoy it. It's football. I just enjoy watching football. Um, I hate that it's on a Monday night, though. It's kind of ridiculous. But it is what it is. Just more football. I'm here for it. Um, but for that, TCU is your 2021 or 2022 uh, Fiesta Bowl champs. Wild. Wild. So that sets up for a phenomenal national championship game. Are we covering that first or are we no, letting no, me no. be we're on gonna, I'm going to let you cover your team for the, <coughs> for, for the final time <coughs> this year. For the final time this year. Hey, how was Atlanta for those boys, by the way? <laughs> Is that why? In our lowest attended game of the season. It's a neutral site game. In our lowest attended game of the season, 42,791 in a 65,000 capacity arena. Orlando, Florida, beautiful game, beautiful weather. LSU dominated Purdue. 63 to 7. You know the only time that Purdue scored in this game was the fourth quarter? Love it. Mm -hmm. What have I been saying all season long? LSU by a million. They scored a million points in this game, Just and about. I am here for it. Just about. I am here for it, baby. The one thing that I hate about this LSU team. Quad Wilson had a 99-yard pick six with 40 seconds left on the clock. Ah. <laughs> was the game out of hand at that point? Who's to say? I mean, it was... <laughs> I, would, I would say. I would venture to say. At that point, it was 56-7. Purdue could have came back. I think that iced the game for LSU, but... I digress. I by the third quarter, my guy. I, di I digress. Um, was our win probability 99 um, by oh, – what's the timestamp on that? Uh, by six minutes left in the second quarter. Um, yes. Yes, it was. 
Um, but you know what? You you never know. You never know. Purdue could have came back. <laughs> I'm so happy. I am so happy about this game. Neusmeyer looked amazing. 11 for 15, 173, two touchdowns, one interception. Jaden Daniels, not Jalen Daniels, not JT Daniels. Uh, 12 for 17, 139, and a touchdown. Malik Neighbors, our leading wide receiver. Two for two, 50 yards, touchdown. You know who that touchdown was to? Jane Daniels. Philly special, bud. Philly special. Philly special, baby. The all-in special. The all-in special. Jane Daniels, uh, to cap off the day, was the team-leading rusher, obviously. Of course, of course he was. Yeah. What other way should he? Should the game, Should the season end? The best way to cap off this game would have been if Jane Daniels would have also gotten a rushing touchdown, so that way he could have had a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown in the same game. Yeah. Wild game for the Tigers. Wild game. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, I could not be happier with this team. This is Brian Kelly's first year. There are no downsides. We're winning the Natty in 2025. Anyway. Ten wins in his first season. That's impressive. That is very impressive. It's not competing for the national championship in your first season like Sonny Dykes is doing. But You competed for, a, for an SEC championship. Yeah, and I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in the LSU Tigers uh, in the years to come. Going back to uh, rushing, Owen, they took my advice. <laughs> they ran the ball. Just run the dang ball. Noah Kane, eight carries, 58 yards, two touchdowns. John Emery Jr., six carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Derek Davis Jr., six carries, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Finally, someone who's not named Jaden Daniels found the end zone. On the ground. I will say this. Great game by LSU. Firing on all cylinders for this game. I've never – like, this offense just blew clicked. me away. It just clicked. It just clicked. And then defensively, you were also phenomenal as well. Now, to be very fair, as you said <laughs> – Bless you. Thank you. Um, Purdue is going through a lot right now. That being said, Austin Burton, 12 for 24, 74 yards, interception. Michael Alamo, 4 for 11, 37 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That touchdown came with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jack Albers, 2 for 6, 32 yards, interception. Um, I could not be more happy with this team. I know I've said that like three or four times now. But the euphoria is starting to come back for me um, just based on this game. You remember what we said about Purdue and little numbers next to team names and everything like that? It didn't matter. Hey, no, it didn't matter. But you know what? Purdue got a little number next to their name for this game. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler makers? Nah, nah, nah. Nah, that water was barely boiling by the end of that game. No sacks allowed by the Tigers, and four sacks for the Tigers. I think that was something I was really impressed on with this game in the Tigers, was you struggled off, uh, like, you struggled in the trenches, mm-hmm. trenches, specifically. All season long. All season long, specifically with the offensive line. They did really well this game. Really well. <laughs> Big 10 who? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Who called? <laughs> um no, I mean <clears throat> I am <clears throat> I honestly I don't know what to say. I am our backup kickers got in. Yeah. Like that's how bad of a beat that we gave the Purdue Boilermakers. Yes, yeah, bad beat Boilermakers. Bad beat Boilermakers. Um <laughs> the Purdue punter Jack Ansel had 257 total yards and Purdue only passed for 169. What more do you want me to say? Like I I'm not trying to be an obnoxious fan. I really am not. But when your punter is your leading yardage across your entire team, that's not good. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, the one thing, and I'll I'll get off my high horse. I know I really haven't been a whole lot about LSU this entire season. The one thing I will say, I'm, I'm talking about like as far as you after a West Virginia win versus me with an LSU win. It's fair. It's fair. Um, the Cheez It celebration, loved it. I love that he just picked for it. I just love that he picked the che- Brian Kelly picked the cheese that's up at the end of the game. It was like nom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I am one hundred percent here for it. Um, we dominated them five ninety four to two sixty three in yardage. We had one turnover versus their three time possession. We both had it for about thirty minutes. We had twenty eight first downs versus sixteen for Purdue. Um, <laughs> I mean. Penalties, we had 7 for 72. Purdue had 5 for 35. It was a very good game for the LSU Tigers. These are the kind of games that give me hype for next season. LSU Tigers are? The Citrus Bowl champs. Look at you. Look at you. Final game for the LSU Tigers. They finished out the season 10-4 and with an SEC championship appearance. Uh, definitely not a win, though. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back to earth. Yep. Yep. Hey, buddy, I've been here for a long time. Welcome back. Man, is it this easy to beat teams from other conferences? You're hilarious. You're hilarious. You're hilarious. Jay, really? You're hilarious. All right, Owen. And then there was one. The last preview for this season of the Panther Pod. For the national championship game, we have the 13 and 0 number three TCU Horned Frogs. 13 taking and 1. 13 and 1. 13 and 1. My bad, my bad. The, no, the 13 and 1 number three TCU Horned Frogs taking on SEC's own number one Georgia Bulldogs 14 and 0. I think out of principle, we both know what teams we're already going to pick. I think so too. Let me guess. I'm picking Georgia. I'm picking TCU. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Jay, yes, yes. Jay is picking the Horde Frogs. Yes, yes, yes. Take that, Cole. I'm all right with it. Honestly, I'm fine with it. Um, that being said, Georgia is favored on ESPN 72.9 to 27.1. Um, the spread is 12 and a half and the over under is 62.5. Honestly, I'm surprised the over under has not moved up after uh semifinal weekend. Yep. We already know who's going to be playing in this game. The only real question at this point I think is Kendra Miller, um if he's going to be healthy. That being said, 
We've talked about Max Duggan. We've talked about Stetson Bennett, Kendra Miller, all of Georgia's running backs. Up to this point, it has been building to this. Yep. Max Duggan, 253 for 397, 3,546 yards, 32 touchdowns, six interceptions on the year. Stetson Bennett, 292 for 429, 3,823 yards, 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Kendra Miller, 224 carries, four. I'm going to call that 1,400 yards rushing. Yeah. I'm not going to say 1,399. And 17 touchdowns. Kenny McIntosh, 142 carries, 779 yards, 10 touchdowns. Points per game. This is the tail of the tape right here. TCU, 41.1. Georgia, 39.4. Points allowed. TCU, 25. Georgia, 13. Total yards, TCU 474, Georgia 494. Both teams like to pass the ball more than they like to run. TCU 269 uh, yards passing, 204 yards rushing. Georgia 293 yards passing versus 201 yards rushing. Yards allowed, TCU is giving up 385 yards a game. Georgia 292. Both teams are giving up roughly, well, TCU is giving up 235, Georgia 215, passing. The disparity is Georgia's run defense. TCU, 149, Georgia, 77. Let's be very clear, that 149 is a very impressive stat for a college football team at this point in the season. Yes. However... 77 is otherworldly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, in their last two games, Georgia has had the most points scored on them all season long. 41 points in the semifinal, 30 points in the SEC championship game. TCU's only loss is to K-State, 31-28 to in overtime. Looking at both teams' last five, uh, TCU just beat Michigan 51 to 45 in the semifinal. They lost to K State in the Big 12 championship game 31 28 in overtime. They beat uh, Iowa State 62 to 14. They beat Baylor 29 28. And they beat Texas 17 10. Owen, for the last time this year, horns down. Horns down. Stop, Jay. Um, Georgia's last five. They just beat Ohio State in the CFP semifinal, 42-41. They beat LSU in the SEC championship game, 50-30. They beat Georgia Tech, 37-14. They beat Kentucky, 16-6. Very weird. They beat Mississippi State, 45-19. Owen, Georgia isn't just a bulldog. They're a bulldozer. They're going to... Tear TCU a new one. TCU is going to tear Georgia a new one. Because we saw what happened when Georgia goes up against a high-powered offense. Now, granted, we talked about Tennessee. Yeah, but Ohio... They had a month to prepare for Ohio State. Ohio State is very much... I think TCU's offense is less 
powerful than Ohio State's. No. Yes. You saw what Ohio State did to Michigan, and then you saw what TCU did to Michigan. I think CJ Stroud. I have Str- a point. I, you do have a point. However, I think CJ Stroud is a better quarterback than Max Duggan. I think Max Duggan is a better quarterback than CJ Stroud. You're just saying that because he's part of the Big 12. No, I'm saying it because did CJ Stroud get invited to uh, to New York? No. He did not. You know who did? Max Duggan. Max Duggan. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Max Duggan. Now, now to be fair, I will say this. To be fair. Who else got invited to New York? J.J. McCarthy, Stetson Bennett. Exactly. Exactly. But let's be honest. Did Stetson Bennett deserve to be at the high school? No, Hinton Hooker should have been there. Exactly. But what? I, here's what I will say. In to be time. fair, Max Duggan was not named the starter at the beginning of the season. It was not until the starting quarterback for TCU, whose name escapes me at this moment, went out with an injury, and Max Duggan, Duggan came in and played. Be honest. <clears throat> the, I'm going to say the same thing that TCU needs to do. I'm going to say the same thing that I did against TCU versus Michigan. TCU has to come out swinging, and they got to score quick. they got to score fast. Every possession, at least score some sort of points, preferably a touchdown. You'll be all right with a field goal, but you've got to make those touchdowns count, and you can't pile field goals. You've got to pile touchdowns. And it'd be great to get – I mean, defensively, play just like you did against Michigan. Do not let up. Be physical, be fast, and that will get you to win the game. Um, if Kendra Miller's not hurt, great. Play him as much as you can. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, if you can. That's make, not going to happen. Make Georgia stop you. Make Georgia stop you. However, however, for however, if Kendra Miller is not out, you still have a good running back in uh, in I, I cannot you. think of it. I cannot say I his last you. name. Uh, Demar uh, Demarcado. 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 And Mari Demarcado. And The last name is tripping me up here. Anyways, you still have him for backup. You're gonna be fine, and don't hey, and don't forget, Max Duggan can still run the ball as well. Now Stetson Bennett can as well. But are we talking about the Georgia running back? Do we talk about the Georgia running back? Do we talk about how deadly he can be? Sure, he's got 779 yards on the ground, and he's got 10 touchdowns for the year. But I'm, is he as deadly as Kendra Miller is? Here's the difference between TCU and Georgia. Georgia does not just play one running back in Kendra Miller. They have a running back committee. Sure, Kenny McIntosh is the leading rusher for the Bulldogs. That does not mean he will be the starter. You also have Savon Clark. You have Dijon Edwards. You have Jacob Hardy. You've got Cash Jones, Kendall Milton, Andrew Paul, and Branson Robinson. All of those running backs have scored multiple touchdowns this season. But still, I would say, though, even though we like TCU doesn't just play Kendra Miller, Max Duggan can make it work on his, on his legs, too, and so can Amari. I'm not even going to say his last name. So can Amari, the backup running back for TCU as well. Now, I know that's different than from a three-headed monster to a five-headed monster, but still, you have options back there if need be, not to mention – Quint, uh, Quinton Johnston could also come out of the backfield and run it if he needs to, run a jet sweep. TCU has to play physical on defense just like they did at Michigan. And 
almost make them one di- almost make Georgia one dimensional, make them run the ball because that's not Georgia's strong suit. Georgia's strong suit is going over the top with Stetson Bennett. Now, for Georgia, make TCU one dimensional either way. I think that is, I think for Georgia that's that's going to be your best bet for T, against TCU is make them one dimensional either way and and make sure that Stetson Bennett is on his A game. Yep. Because even with a bad game like what he just had, TCU can still score points and they can still win the game. Yep. They can still win the game. We say bad game, but let me remind you, we're talking about a three touchdown, one interception game for Stetson Bennett. That's a bad game for him. Exactly. Granted, he's not in the same stratosphere as Max Duggan as far as touchdowns are concerned, but he's thrown for more yardage. He has a better completion percentage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he only has one more interception is, than him. I don't think he is because it's I'm trying 292 to the- versus 429, and then it's 253 for Stetson Bennett's 292 for 429. Let's do the math there. That's 68%. 68%. Duggan is two, 253 for 397. 63%. 63%. Okay, so you're right. But that's a 5, yeah, 5%, 5% percentage points. Yeah. Spread in this game is 12.5 in favor of Georgia and the over-under 62. I believe they can hit that over. Yeah, no. <laughs> I believe they can hit that over after what we just saw uh, the past two games. But I'm taking the Horned Frogs. I'm riding this wave, man. I'm riding the hypnotoad the whole way. Yes, Jay, give me the horn frogs. Uh, and t- and it will be TCU to give the Big 12, which is so nice. I, granted, I would love for it to be West Virginia. However. It's not Oklahoma and it's not Texas. It's not Oklahoma and it's not Texas, and both of them lost in their bowl games. What a sweet, sweet time for the Big 12. I am picking the – Actual national champions. Please. Now, they are because they won last year's. I get that. The University of Georgia. Go dogs. Whatever. Whatever. But, hey, the national championship is here, and we can both agree that it's bittersweet. Yeah. Because it's great. However, our season, my season's been over since – November. Um, <laughs> my season wrapped up two days ago. Yeah, it must be nice. Um, <laughs> I want to tell you, I've been very lost without West Virginia football. I really have. I've been watching basketball games, but they're also it's we're zero two in conference right now. Um, I don't want to talk about LSU basketball. No, you're pretty good at basketball. I know we're good, but we have no depth, and the only thing we're relying on right now is three point shooting, and that's not going to get us very far at all in March Madness. Um, can't wait for my bracket to be busted again. Again. <laughs> um, but that I, that's going to wrap it up for this episode here on the Panther Pod, uh, our second-to-last episode here in the new year. Um, again, bittersweet. I, uh, oh, I'm going to sneeze, I think. <laughs> Bless you. Didn't work, Jay. Huh. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank anyway. you guys so much for listening to us all season long, um, for putting up with Owen's Soapbox Ramblings. Um, there is SEC bias in college football. It is not the best conference in college football. Shut up. Um, from SEC soapbox ramblings from Owen to being upset about Neil Brown, being upset about Neil Brown to me saying screaming LSU by a million every single week. Um, even though we both said at the start of the season we were not going to get political, I threw that out the window. I week know you one. did. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you did. Um, but. 
either way, it's been a heck of a ride here on the Panther Pod. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening to us, and be sure to check out our recap of the national championship yep, game. Yep, and we're going to, uh, I think, also try to do some sort of recap on our Panther Pod season as well. Absolutely. So, uh, But for that, I'm Owens Pelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And thank you for listening to the Panther Pod.